lost. Ule Ganamids? she'd ask, pointing to the map or the guidebook. Everyone knew the store and they directed her, pointing and showing with their hands the confusing parts of the route. Still, she'd get lost. And instead of persevering, she'd go back to her small room in the hostel. Don't miss Ganymede's books, a quirky cluttered bookshop in the hip Marais section. The American owner, who goes simply by Madame, is a mercurial dragon who opens and closes the shop at her whim, said Fromers. She tore that page from the book someone had left behind at the hostel, with the store's address and phone number on it, and kept it in her pocket. Once she even tried calling, but the number had been disconnected, and she thought perhaps the iconic bookstore had actually gone out of business. Sometimes she met men in the cafes, Germans with architectural hair and perfect English, Australians on their walkabout, living out of one giant backpack on a heavy metal frame that they hoisted easily onto their backs, Brits who had come for a long weekend, driving through the channel. She loved that word, channel, and loved how they said it in their Beatles accents, and staying with friends from school. Skinny Japanese students wearing thick platform shoes. She tried to avoid Americans. She hadn't come to Paris to meet Americans. But out of boredom or loneliness, occasionally she found herself letting an American guy buy her more wine, share his cigarettes, and brag about all the museums he'd visited in a ridiculously short amount of time, as if there were some kind of race on. She took them back to her tiny room, shushing them on the narrow stairs if it was after the hostel's curfew. They brought a cheap bottle of wine from the market on the corner, drugs if she was lucky, cigarettes, and enough condoms to get them through the night. She liked their tattoos, the intricate dragons and goofy leprechauns and leaping dolphins and quotes from poetry and full sleeves that wrapped up their skinny arms. She liked their smells, sour wine, stale cigarettes, Dr. Bronner's and peppermint, almond, coconut. She liked their foreignness, how they struggled to find a particular English word or called sweaters, jumpers, and hoods, bonnets. How they liked techno music that made her cringe. How they used too many hair products and needed orthodontia and didn't go to the gym. Except the Americans, of course. The Americans she hated for their familiarity. When she woke up, usually around noon, the guy gone, she wandered, hungover or still slightly stoned, her street-wise Paris map in her hands. She tried to remember when different museums were free, but she always managed to mix up the days or times. She walked in the rain, she walked in the sunshine, she walked searching for inspiration. But late every afternoon, she found herself back at one of the cafes filled with tourists, ordering her first van maison of the day. She opened her small notebook and stared at the mostly blank pages there, writing something, anything, just to try and fill it. Van Maison, she'd write. Or, Musée d'Orsay is not free on Thursdays. Or, Woman in the Purple Coat, possible character for story? Too much drinking and walking, too many drugs and too much sex had made her thin and gaunt. Her hip bones jutted pleasantly against her jeans, The outline of her ribs showed through her threadbare sweater. She liked it, liked to trace her hand along the sharpness of her bones. When she looked in a mirror, she didn't recognize herself. 
The shadow of dark circles beneath her eyes, the tangled bed hair, the sharp cheekbones above hollow cheeks. Then one night she left Le Deux Magots alone. It had been unusually empty, possibly because of the hard rain falling. The rain was cold and relentless, and she had no umbrella, so she decided to take the metro. The night stretched hopelessly before her. She would buy a bottle of three-euro wine and go to her small room and stare at those postcards until she drank all of it and, hopefully, passed out. The metro, too, was oddly empty. For a moment, as she settled into a seat, dripping rain onto it and the floor, she wondered if something had happened. A terrorist attack or a madman on the loose? How would she ever know? A man's voice interrupted her rising panic. Tu es trempé jusqu'à zo. You are soaked to the bone. Across from her, the man.